Welcome to episode number 116 of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media and presented to you by our friends over at SeatGeek. And we would like to welcome in, as you can tell with my hat and my nifty, dip, nifty, nifty, what's the saying? Nifty something t-shirt from the Cleveland Guardians, their catcher, Austin Hedges. Dude, your hair is looking luscious today. Thank you. I normally mix in a hat for you, but on the road, I didn't bring any hats, so... Uh... I, I normally would keep it a little tighter, but the two things I'm too lazy to do are get my hair cut and get a car wash. So they just, those two things just don't happen. Okay. But you did get your Miles Garrett awesome jersey. Fuck yeah. Gotta love my boy Miles. So wait a second. When the Chargers play the Browns this year, since we found out last episode, you're a huge season ticket holding Charger fan. And you play in Cleveland, then what? The game in Cleveland, if I happen to ever go to that game, I'm rocking Brown stuff. Absolutely. But better. if the boys show up in L.A., I got to wear my Justin Herbert stuff. I'm sorry. That's do you have just, the powder blue? Or I, got do you the powder, have- I, got, I got all the uniforms. Whatever one oh, they're do. wearing, I wear. Okay, let me, because uh, I've forgotten now. Oh, God. Guess what? So when the Guardians are in the playoffs – the Chargers will be paying a visit to Cleveland, Ohio on October 9th. Perfect. We'll probably have an off day after winning a series or something. First series, maybe in playoffs and go to that, go to that game and I'll wear the, and I'll wear my miles Garrett jersey. But in your heart of hearts, you would be rooting for the Chargers. And it's Honestly, okay. No. Honestly, no, I don't think so. I think, I think in that situation, I would be, I think it's a win-win for me. I don't know if I would be really rooting, rooting for a good game, but I think those those games are win-win. Whoever wins, I'm happy. Okay. All right. Fine. Fair enough. Not so sure I'm buying it. Uh, how long are you going to let the hair eat? I mean, not nearly as long as I used to. Not even close. I probably, I'm overdue for a haircut. I'm probably going to go in at some point and have our uh, one of our bullpen catchers cut my hair because going to a barbershop is asking way too much of me. So how who do we trust to to do that? Ricky. Ricky handles it. Bullpen catcher. Does a great job. Five minutes. Quick. Done. Easy. So what, will you use like a two guard on the side and clean two it up? Two guard. Maybe a little scissors. I'm trying to keep a little length in the back, you know, a little flow. I want to – I'm trying to pull off those soccer haircuts. You know, the guys kind of have like a little bit of a something going on back there. I thought that would be a good luck for me. So I'm trying it out. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, yeah, no, I, I, you've got good hair, like good hair, good facial hair. Yeah. What else? What else is good? Good Jersey selection. That's it. Okay. I'll take Um, those are my three attributes. Well, as far as physical and and hilarious, well, but that's not a physical thing. That's Ah, a characteristic. That is a, and you are funny. Thank you. I've been told there are a you lot admit, of people. No, that, you just said it. But it's true. I, I'm you. being swayed in that direction. I can't let you go too out of the gate hilarious. But a okay. lot of people have actually brought it up. They go, Hedges is very funny. I was like, yeah, this is this is what the Rose Rotation scouting team does. When you when you try and be funny for so long, occasionally you mix in a good one. And my trick is to laugh harder at my own jokes than everybody. And like eventually people start kind of laughing and they think I'm funnier. I think you and I kind of are cut from the same cloth. I was voted funniest in high school and thought he was funniest as well. That is a <laughs> rare double double. That is rare. Usually if you think you're the funniest, you're not winning funniest. Right. So I'm definitely winning on, on our team right now. I'm winning thinks he's the funniest, but under no circumstances is anybody going to actually admit that they think I might be a little bit funny sometimes. Who's funnier? On the team? Yes. Oh, gosh. We got a lot of – I mean, we got some We got some good comedians, but uh, honestly, Luke Maley, our other catcher. Oh, the other catcher. Absolutely dynamite. Hilarious. He uh, – I can't repeat it on here, but we do – so we do when we have bus trips. Usually call rookies up to do something stupid to make them embarrass themselves in front of everybody. Right. I've been kind of picking on the rookies a lot. So I gave them a little bit of a break this last trip. And Maley, the mailman, 
I was, he was like, he's got some great stories. So I was like, all right, mailman, we're going to have a new segment on the bus called story time with the mailman. He tells his story, the bus driver who is very, all these bus drivers have plenty of teams. So they've done this before. And the bus driver said, that is the best story I have ever heard on a bus for any team, any team. Well, can you share with us a little I bit? Can't about tell what you it- one, I can't tell you one detail. It's a tease. I'm sorry, but that's just to show you, he is hilarious. He's got great storytelling ability. Um, but, uh, I'll, I'll need to get permission from my boy to, uh, to repeat anything that was on team time. Well, yeah. You, by the, by the next episode you're on, you have to at least get his approval. If not a quick five minute cameo from him so he could share it with us. That's fair. That's fair. You would, uh, he would, he would honestly, you would kick me off of the show. If he came on one time, you'd be like, I want this dude instead. He's that funny. Oh, dude, he's he's priceless. Oh, my gosh. He, I get a kick out of him every day. Have any of the rookies impressed you with the, whether it's singing skills or whatever on the bus? The, the one that impressed me the most, Ernie Clement. Oh, my goodness. The kid has a gift. He uh, one of the ones he did the movie Wolf of Wall Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did the one of the, like the-, the the scene, the scene where Leo is like doing his pitch for the first time trying to sell uh penny stocks and he knows the whole thing by heart the whole scene he comes up in the perfect leo wolf of wall street voice and does the whole scene by heart mixes in a few funny songs uh he did the miracle speech i believe it's uh her brooks miracle speech oh yeah he did the whole miracle speech he's uh the kid the kid's really funny he's really funny well it sounds like we need another we might have to do an episode where we just have like three minute cameos from some of your teammates and they do a talent show. Ooh, I, the, the, the cool thing is I'm sure the mailman would be down because he's down for anything like me, the rookies easy because I can just make him do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So cool. Done. I'll get, I'll, I'll make sure I get some good ones and some bad ones just because I would love to watch them embarrass themselves on uh, you know, some type of national are, production. So I think this, we've already planned out our next episode. It will be the Austin Hedges talent show. (laughs) We'll put up big graphics, bright lights, promote it all over John Boy Media. And you will come up. You will be the talent booker for that day. So I need like four. You've already got Maley and Clement. Who else is in the early going for maybe it's a singing talent. Maybe it's something that's totally ridiculous or off the wall. Do you have anybody else that kind of pops? There's in the a brain? there's another there's another rookie. His name's Eli Morgan. Great oh, pitcher, yeah. great pitcher. guy. Uh, not necessarily for any specific story or song, but his nickname on the team is Sketch, just because he's Sketch. So Sketch will just <laughs> do what I say, and uh, he'll come on and do something sketchy, and uh, maybe entertain the boys a little bit. Who made who made you do stuff when you were a rookie in San Diego? Oh my gosh, everybody, everybody. I mean, my my rookie year, I had I was I was one of two rookies, and oh my gosh, every, I mean it was every bus trip I had to do something. My I mean my seat was the bathroom. I just got sent to the baño every single time, embarrassing myself. Guys like I remember Matt Kemp, Justin Upton, and BJ Upton all sitting in the front row, all with combined forty years of service time and so many millions of dollars. And me going up there, I remember, I think the first song I tried to sing was Holla Back Girl by Gwen Stefani. Uh-huh. And the look of the look of disappointment on their faces when I started singing that, like, I just like, st- I just slowly stopped and just walked myself to the banyo. I was like, I I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. And it didn't, it didn't go very well for a while, but eventually started growing, uh, you know, got a little more confidence. When you say your seat was the banyo, are you joking? I'm not. Well, I, I got a seat first and then you get called up to the front of the bus. It's kind of a thing that most teams do. Rookies get called up to the front of the bus. There's a guy with a microphone. At that time, our mic guy was Clint Barmus. Sure. Great player. Great player. He uh, and Barmy would make you do something, whatever. And it was up to the boys on the bus to, you know, say, hey, good job. Go back to your seat or go to the fucking banyo and sit there and think about how you disappointed the team. And I'm telling you, I mean, I, I bet not till like at least July or August did I not sit in there. It was just, I would just go and me and uh, it was Corey Spangenberg was the other rookie. And that guy, me and him, we would just go sit in the bathroom by ourselves. 
while everyone else was drinking beers, having a good time. Now, it's one thing if it's a short bus trip from the airport to the hotel. Not a big deal. But you guys also bus to like Los Angeles for the trip. Were there times you had to sit in the bathroom for like? No, honestly, well, the the way we really do it is it's pretty much only post flight bus trips. Okay, got it. So it's like you know you have you have a few pops on the plane. Everyone's feeling pretty good. Plane or plane bus and then bus to hotel is basically the only time uh, the shenanigans happen. So you know it's not so it's not as often. It's not heading to the airport. Um, It's really only going to the hotel. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I wasn't very good, but, oh, how the turntables have turned and I am now on the microphone. It's funny. I, I mentioned it to, I saw, uh, one of the veterans on that team. I, uh, when I was a rookie was Tyson Ross. I saw him, um, a couple weeks ago and I was telling him that, Hey man, I'm the guy in the mic now. And he just thought that was so funny because all he remembers is me being the young buck getting embarrassed. And now I'm the one pretty unfairly yelling at these rookies and making them feel bad and sending them to the banyo. It's called team building guys. It's called team building. It is. I think so. At least, um, you know, it's interesting because glass now, one of our members of the Rose rotation, I was talking to him and his team was going out West, like a 10 game road trip. I said, well, at least you don't have to, you know, get all those flights. And he's like, no dude, that is the best part of being a major leaguer. Is that true? By far flights travel with your team is the number one coolest thing. I think, I mean, you just have a, you have a private area, a private mobile area. I don't know why mo- the, the mobile area matters so much because I feel like once we get to the hotel, guys tend to separate and go kind of do their own thing. Small groups will hang out, but on the plane and on the bus, I mean, especially on the bus because it's literally, it's only the 26 men. That's it. It's just players and a bus driver and that's it. So you, you have this, you have this time of shenanigans where everyone's had a few drinks, everyone's having a good time and it's time to just be crazy. Uh, and the plane kind of gets you set up for it. Cause the plane is, I mean, it's, those are the things I try and tell the rookies to soak in a little bit, you know, it's like, Hey, yeah, for, for a short period of time in your life, you're going to get to go on a chartered flight with all your boys with no one to bother you you know, stewardesses bringing you whatever drinks and food you want. You get to gamble and play cards. I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. It's uh, that's, that's, I think, I think that's the, one of the first times most rookies feel like, all right, I made it. I made it to the show is when you get onto a, onto a show flight. Speaking of that, I don't know if you saw the video of Adley Rushman, the Orioles, the number one prospect in baseball, right? Big time catcher out of Oregon state. Watch this video. This is him taking the field for the first time. I want you to see what he does here. I had never seen this before. So for those of you that are joining us audio only and haven't seen the video, he takes like a good eight seconds where he just spins around at Camden Yards and soaks it all in. That is tight. Good for him. Good for him. We, uh, I got one of his ex Oregon state teammates on my team, Stephen Kwan. Yep. And so I asked Kwani about him and he just raves about him. Everything that we've all heard about Adley is he said is, uh, it's, it's even more true than you would know. He's just a, he's a humble, amazing kid. Who's just legit at baseball. So I think, uh, you know, that, 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 I think that right there shows a lot and dang, I mean, I'm excited to watch the kid play now. But just the fact I was so touched by it because I think that in life, whether we're involved in baseball or not, we don't soak up the moments. And for him as a 24 year old to have the wherewithal to say like, fucking, I made it. And I am going to enjoy this second. Right. You must appreciate it. It's one thing to think it or one thing to have a conversation. Maybe you talk to your parents about it, but then when you actually go take the field, to still have the wherewithal to do it because you can, you might've talked about it, but then once you step on that field and you cross those lines, it's another beast. You know what I'm saying? Like when you go play a big league game, you can think about whatever your plan is throughout the whole day. Once you actually step out there and it's just you and a bunch of other big leaguers and 50,000 people and cameras everywhere, 
things change. It's like Mike Tyson says, you know, everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the face. Just walking on the field is a punch in the face sometimes just because of all the crazy variables that are happening. So for that kid in his debut to be able to slow it down, take a look at a famous ballpark, and it's a moment he'll never forget, I'm sure. I mean, that's uh, pretty cool. I'm very impressed. What was it like the first time that you set foot on a field? Uh, it was, honestly, I thought I was going to be more nervous. I was, uh, 2015, I was pinch hitting in the eighth inning off of Madison Bumgarner, who had just won the uh, World Series MVP. And uh, he struck me out and uh, that sucked. And I remember, first of all, Mad Bum's always, he's always had my number. He's always had my number. And I just remember, I can, I can clearly see this whole at bat happening because I had never seen anybody rotating and throwing all, I'm like, what is this? No, I mean, of course no one could hit you in the playoffs that I just watched on TV last year. Like, what, how are you doing this? Also, Buster Posey, you got to throw the kid a heater in his first at bat. Cutter, cutter, curveball, curveball. Come on. I'm selling out heater. Let me, come on. It's my first at bat. But Buster did one, maybe one of the cooler moments too. I come up, Buster Posey, you know, idol of mine. First thing he says, like, hey, kid, like, congrats. Like, something like soak it all in. Like, like way to go. Something like that. And I was just like, thank you, Mr. Posey. Uh, I love you. <laughs> That's pretty awesome, dude. Yeah, really, really cool. Really special moment. Uh, and that was it was really cool because, I mean, San Francisco is coming off their three World Series. It was the year after the third one. They're in the middle of their, you know, eight or nine hundred games in a row of a sellout. So the crowd is crazy. It's a it was just a it's the first time I'd really ever played in a real hostile big league environment. Well, I mean, it was my first big leagues, too, but. It was a, it's a different atmosphere there when things are going than other places. So it was pretty cool. You know, it's become big business yet again, selling sports cards. I said cards, not cars. And thanks to Greg Moore's cards, they are the most trusted sports card seller on the planet. They sell over 80,000 sports cards every month. That's more than 2,000 per day exclusively on eBay. In fact, they sold over a million sports cards in 2021 alone. Now, GMC is known for selling vintage cards, but they also sell modern ones as well. So they got all the stars of today, Shohei, Trout, Judge, Harper, Soto, plus all the young players that are out there, the Bobby Witt Juniors, the Spencer Torkelsons of the world. Plus, they've got free combined shipping when you order two or more cards. So you're probably asking yourself, why do people trust GMC for buying cards? Well, Greg Morris and his team, they hand grade each and every card they sell. Buyers have been trusting Greg's grades for years. So if Greg says it's a mint card, you know what? It is a mint card. Go to gregmorriscards.com to see their inventory today. Also follow GMC on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter to see their exclusive content and deals. And this month only, when you check out, send them a message through eBay saying you heard about GMC through John Boy and you get five bucks off your order of $50 or more. So they're trying to get you in touch with the best sports card sellers out there and save you dough. That's the way we go. Well, you know, this is one of the reasons I love having you on the show is that you are in the middle of everything. And I was watching the Guardians game the other night against the Tigers with the legendary Miguel Cabrera up against Aaron Savali. And he threw, you, you got him on back-to-back curveballs. The first one, he went, mm. and then the next one, you got him on strike three. He gave you the look, and then he gave him the look. How much oh, fun man. was that? This dude, this dude is pure comedy. I get a, I get an absolute thrill every single time. I mean, when you get to go, when you get to go play against first ballot Hall of Famers, it's just like, it's like the best ticket in the house. Like I'd pay five thousand dollars to go just have my seat be at catcher for Miguel Cabrera. You know what I'm saying? Just a great seat. Here's a funny story. So, Miggy, Miggy comes up. We just had our twentieth rain out of the season, right? First inning, he takes the first pitch. Nothing. Takes a second pitch, then casually steps out of the box, kind of looks around, looks at me and the umpire, and he goes, you think it's going to rain today? Like, <laughs> like what? Like, I don't know. Maybe, Mickey. I don't know. <laughs> he looks around a little bit more and goes, I think I'm going to a home run right here. <laughs> I, was 
I swear, bro. I call fastball in next pitch. And in my head, I'm like, if he, if he goes deep right here, this is the coolest thing ever. Like I'm actually not going to be mad because he just said, I'm going to do it. We end up punching his ticket, which was even cooler, but that was pretty good. So then later in the game, so we, we kind of brush him back on an OL fastball. It was the third time that game that we kind of brushed him back. And he kind of gives me the look. I'm like, I know, man, sorry. You're like, you know how it is. And he goes, Hey, I know the report. You have to pitch me inside. Otherwise you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> like you're right, bro. You're right. If we, we have to, we just, if you throw Miggy just a middle away, middle away, he's going to hit one of his 3000 hits or 500 overs off of you. That's so good. Good. He's great, man. He's great. He has so much fun, so much fun with everybody out there. He does, just, man. He, you can you can tell it's uh it is it is a true joy to go compete against him. Is there there's nobody else quite like him? Is there? Is there anybody else that comes up to the dish and seems to be that? I mean, listen, I know he's at the end of his career. He's 38. You know, he's still playing okay. He's not what he was. But is there anybody else that just seems like they get up there and it's almost you know like who you know baseball. who reminds me of him a little bit uh, is Salvador Salvi Perez uh. is. Just a, another joy to go compete against. Two huge bodies, presences that, you know, first of all, as they're coming up, it's all laughs and giggles and whatnot. But at the same time, in my head, it's like, I can't let this dude hit one of his 50 home runs right now. But they're just the nicest guys ever. Salvi, every time he's got something really, really nice to say. He's got a joke to crack. He's just, he's another guy that you can tell loves playing baseball. There's a reason he goes out there and he catches – 145, 150 games a season, like a beast. So uh, both of those guys are, are kind of similar and, and you can tell the, the, how much fun they have on the ball field. He totally does. I know I've got somewhere around here, one of the great bobbleheads. I have no idea where I, uh, here it is. Salvi. Yeah. It's his, it's a great one. It's his, uh, world championship where he's got to remember every year during 2015 run he would do the gatorade that's so for right. them to do with the gatorade dump that's pretty good that's right oh my gosh that's epic that's yeah. a really good one that is a yeah, good I've, one. I've thought about i've seen a lot of my teammates going around and uh, they'll go they'll buy jerseys and go send them over to locker rooms so they can start collecting some cool jerseys and he might be first on my list to be honest you haven't done I'm that not, yet huh i've not i haven't done it yet i've sent a ball over i want um i sent the only ball i think i've ever sent over was ichiro and it was in his last year and i was like i gotta get ichiro so i sent it over so i have an ichiro ball that's very cool mm -hmm. um but i want to start doing the jerseys guys guys in uh in anaheim i think uh fran mill and jose sent one over to trout and trout personalized it and i was like that's just that's so cool like yeah. I gotta, and but salvi would be one of the first ones for me i'd be like dude I want I want a baby blue personalized Salvador jersey would be uh, would be pretty cool. Uh, I do want to ask you about a guy who's just been on a ridiculous streak all season. Aaron Judge, you had to deal with him in the middle of April, but now as we speak, he's up to seventeen homers on pace for over sixty at this point. You know, I don't know how much you pay attention to his little contract world, but he's in his walk year. Um. And the Yankees made an offer of like seven for two thirteen, and he said thanks, but no thanks. Like as a thirty-year-old right. outfielder, a guy we really haven't seen this size other than a Dave Winfield, and he's even bigger than Dave Winfield was. Like, I think he's going to get over three hundred million. Don't he you? Should. Oh, he should. I mean, he's the. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm biased, and I think Jose Ramirez is the MVP of baseball. But I mean, Judge is doing some silly things right now. Right. Uh, but my goodness, man. I mean, just thinking about going and competing against him, it's, it is a scary, scary game plan because first of all, he wants to, he, he's okay with walking. He really doesn't chase much And guys that are that big and terrifying that won't chase your slider in the dirt that, you know, you have to throw a strike to golly, especially at Yankee stadium. You can't just throw him away. You're just like me, you throw him away. He's going to hit a 312 foot home run to right, which is him getting jammed in his bat breaks. God forbid he starts finding the barrel. If he finds the barrel, the ball's not landing. I mean, he's proving that right now. So he's doing some special things. And honestly, hats off to him for betting on himself, being like, hey, 
this is what you want to make the market. He's like, no, I'm, I'm bigger than that part of the market. And it's good. Good for him. I'm rooting for him. He seems like a good dude. And he just, you know, he, he is. handles he's a, himself. He's, so he's a really, really humble, really good man. Um, another guy I've always enjoyed competing against. I thought, uh, I mean, that, the guy gets, the guy probably has to answer 10,000 media questions every day. Mm-hmm. And every time something weird happens and he has something to say, I'm always like, dude, you said that really well. And I think that's hard to do, especially in that market. Um, so I do want to focus a little bit on his team. And I don't want to get into the particulars of the Tim Anderson, Josh Donaldson situation with you. That's not fair. This is not your situation. It's not your team. I am curious about the stance that Yasmani Grandal took as a catcher. And I don't know if you saw this on Saturday, but once Anderson and Donaldson had their issue, when Donaldson came up later in the game in the fifth, Grandal actually got in Donaldson's face and was like, listen, you can't say shit to my teammate like that, because if you do, we're going to have a problem. And Grandal really got in his grill. And that's where the bench is emptied. As a catcher, do you, what do you think of something like that? You know, when it's all said and done, it's just about having your teams back. Really, whether you're right or wrong. Uh, and, you know, in, in that situation, there's a lot more to it, I'm sure. Um, I don't know. You know, we only know what we've seen and what they've shown us. But at the same time, for me, I think uh, it kind of goes hand in hand with like how managers handle things. I think the best managers, if, they're, if their player does, you know, something that is, uh, let's call it like an unwritten rule, does something um, it's called dirty or whatever. And then the manager goes and no matter what has their guys back. It doesn't matter if it kind of looks bad on them. It's like, I'll take the fall. My guy is right. I think it's, it's good teams just stand up for their guys, no matter what, whether, whether they feel right or wrong about it. It's just in that moment. Um, And I think in that situation, what was happening in New York, Grandall just, you know, as probably I would assume one of the leaders on that team stood up for one of his guys. And I I don't know how necessary it all is, but if something happened to me and one of my teammates decided to stick up for me, I'll tell you what, I'd be pretty pumped. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting and it was, you know, it's been an uncomfortable situation. We don't need to get into the details. And like I said, that's not fair. That's not your fight. And it's not where we are right now. Hey, baseball fans, slide into Stacks of Cash this baseball season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during MLB season? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many bases will be stolen, total runs, and more. It's your shot and an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code ROSE, bet just $5, and get $150 in free bets no matter what happens on the field. That's promo code ROSE at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. MLB trademarks used with permission. Now back to the show. You played a game against the White Sox, which was, to me, the most entertaining game of the year. Uh, Guardians down eight to two going into the ninth. Uh, Jimenez hits a homer. You guys eventually get to eight to four. Josh Naylor then goes nuts. He hits a grand slam to tie it at eight off of Liam Hendricks, one of the best closers in baseball. He then, in extra innings, hits a three run homer. And then, as he's crossing home plate, goes into a different world. So, this is what it, this is what it sounded like after he hits a three run homer in extras. Okay. Okay. Can, can you can you pause and go right back before the helmet throw? Can you can you can you rewind that? Okay. So a little bit farther. He's got to get to the dugout right there. Right there. Okay. Stop. So just down where he is aiming, that's me. I'm. I like to go top step, high five my boys after homers. But I've played with nails for a long time, and I know my boy gets fired up when he does some gangster shit. 
and he just did some real gangster shit right there. So he comes in. I see the windup. If you could, if there was a camera angle, bro, of like two feet down from where he's about, yes. I am like this in the corner of the bat rack, terrified. I, bro, he, he goes right here. I'm, this helmet is breaking my face. So he waits a second, and then I'm in front of him here, and then he goes to throw it. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. The kid is incredible. He is so great. He brings so much energy to our team. And, I mean, that was one of the single coolest moments I've ever seen. In it, it might be the – it's probably the best game, coolest game I've ever been a part of in my career. I was saying, like, I, 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 wanna, I can't wait to go watch it this offseason. I want to have, like, eight beers and just go watch that whole game. And I want to watch with someone that doesn't know what happened and be like, hey, who do you think wins? Who do you think wins? Do you still think so? You're probably wrong. Did you, did you go up to him afterward? Do you talk to him or you just let him be? You let him be for about 30 seconds and then he chills and then he's right back to being locked in. He's such a humble guy. It's so funny because like when he gets fired up, he's just so amped. And then like after the game, if you wanted to like tell him how great he did, he's like, Man, please don't, please, please don't. Like I, I just want, I just, I'm, I'm glad we won. Like, please don't say that to me. Like he doesn't want you to tell him how good he is. He's like just such a good, humble kid. Do you remember the first time you met him in the San Diego system? He came over in a trade from the Marlins. He was a yeah. First pick uh, it, my first recollections of really knowing him, I, I knew I'd had him a little bit in big league camp, uh, but he actually got called up in Toronto and him and Cal both played. Cal pitched and Nails played. Um, and now I just remember that being a cool moment because we had um, – I don't know if it was the first time, but it might have been the first time that two Canadian-born players started against the Blue Jays. That's cool. I think that, yeah, it was really, really cool. I wonder what Tito thinks of somebody coming in and firing their helmet. You know, Tito's now in his whatever, mid-60s, but he's seen it all. Does it- Do we not have footage of Naylor's home run from the other day? Dude, freaking Tito puts a helmet on. Oh, did he did really? see that? The so one against Nails the Tigers? Go- Nails goes deep against the Tigers. And so we're all prepared. We know what's going on. Tito goes to the bat rack, puts a helmet on, goes to the top step. <laughs> oh, man, seeing that guy with a helmet on was priceless. That's pretty good. That's he loves solid. it. He, let, he, 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 lets, he, lets, he lets us play, man. He gives us so much freedom to go be ourselves and just, you know, and, and lets us do it. It's, uh, and so when it's actually time for him to, to say something or it's time to – you know, do anything. I mean, my goodness, you are listening and you, the amount of respect that, that he has in this clubhouse is uh, something I've never seen before. Well, you're playing for a hall of fame manager. hundred percent, hundred percent. That's what makes being here in Houston. Cool. Like seeing Tito and dusty. It's like, like, it's pretty cool seeing uh two all-time greats uh, go at it. You know what? I, I said this when dusty got to 2000 wins a couple weeks ago, I said that they should, put him in Cooperstown right now. Like, what are we waiting for? I understand the whole like player thing, like wait five years, they retire at age 36, you know, God willing they're they're to enjoy it at 41. If they're a first ballot guy, you know, you understand what I'm saying? But Dusty's now in his mid to late seventies. Let the man enjoy what he, I I wouldn't be against putting uh, Dusty in putting Tito in right now. Like, I mean, Tony's I in. Tony's in. He unretired. So if you're allowed to be a Hall of Famer while still playing or while still coaching, shit, why not? Yeah. I, and I think it would be great for the sport. It'd be pretty great cool. For the I mean, sport he, to have an- obviously they both they both deserve it. So, um, right. and who knows? I mean, shit, they're, it feels like they're going to manage for another 15 years, though. I mean, what are we waiting for? Like on Belichick in the NFL, the guy's almost 70. You know, like, why don't we put him in next class and let right. him enjoy it? You, you know, know it's going to happen. It'd be I'm a great, it. it'd be a great speech for him. He'd, he'd wear a hoodie up there and he'd be like, yeah, this is great. Um, I'd like to thank all my players. Players are wonderful. Tom Brady, pretty- Tom was great. He was really good. So there you go. That was good, man. That was really good. That's a solid Belichick impression. I do a good Belichick. I do a good uh, Bruce Bochy. What's your boach? 
Uh, well, uh, you know, uh, Pablo was, uh, one of my favorites. Uh, he, uh, you know, there'd be times when Pablo, uh, he'd swing at everything, but he was a good player for us. Really good player. <laughs> there you go. That's really good. Thank That's you. really good. Yeah. Those are two. Yeah. They're pretty, they're pretty similar, but they're, 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 but they're different. I thought you got the, the difference as well. Pretty similar good. mannerisms. Um, so speaking of Tito, you did not have him for a series up in Minnesota. The entire coaching staff, basically, except for Carl Willis, got COVID. Yeah. What, what was that like for you to prepare for games without a coaching staff that you're used to? Weird. It was weird for a minute, but, um, you know, we're, we're just lucky here to have such, you know, honestly, the, the way that our organization runs with Tito at the helm, it's like, it's like we've been doing it for so long with, with the same expectations that nothing really changed because like, just because Tito wasn't the manager, you know, and, and Carl was like nothing, like the same amount of respect, the same way that we want to play the same focus that we have was just, it was all the same. We miss them. We want them to be there, but I think it was a testament to how, how well Tito delegates, how good all of our coaches kind of, they help and then also just let us be so that when they were gone, they were missed, but nothing changed for us because it was the same expectations. Uh, and um, we were still able to go out and win, win ball games. And I thought uh, that was kind of a, a testament to how, you know, how Tito runs things and how really the whole organization um, really runs things, which is a, a, it's pretty special. Okay. I thought it, it was weird. I was trying to check out the list. I was like, well, I know John McDonald. That was about it. Was the only guy I knew was Johnny Mac. Just him, yeah. I mean, Sandy came back two days ago. He was gone like ten days. I mean, he's he's the most in shape coach there is, dude. All that guy oh, does no, is he's fight. He's he is in shape, but he's also bro. This dude's Mister Potato Head. First of all, he has he has a broken leg. Jose hit a foul ball off his leg, and homeboy is walking over to first base every game. With a cracked shin bone, basically. He had last year, he had like a full blown torn labrum, torn rotator cuff. <laughs> this guy, he's catching for as long as he did, is definitely catching up with him. And I make fun of him all the time because this dude is falling apart. He is in, he looks, he's in great shape. He looks great. But let me tell you, he does not feel good. You just called him Mr. Potato Head. He's Mr. Potato Head. His whole body, I mean, I'm telling him. He's just going to show up next season. Limbs are going to be gone. Ears, nose, limbs, everything. He's done, man. I'm going to have to buy him a Mr. Potato Head and just put a, a, a Cleveland 1-5 jersey oh, on him. Like he will love day. it. He will love it. He thinks it's so funny. That's my guy. You tell him hi for me. He's. I will. I he's will. such a good human. Such a good he human. Uh, speaking of catchers, did you see Yachty pitch the other day? jealous i would love to get on the bump myself i wanted to see i wanted to see yachty pump 95 though because i know for a fact he's got 95 plus in the tank come on well i was wondering if their manager their rookie manager oliver mamal who is younger than yachty if he said i will let you pitch but only if you throw bp out there i am not going to run the risk of losing my nine-time gold glove catcher it's true i mean it happened to ian kinsler Broke his back pitching. What? Kins? That's that how he retired, in... bro. Broke his back. While pitching? Pitching in the big leagues in San Diego. I didn't know that. Or certainly didn't remember it. Finished his career at 1,999 hits. Oh. It was, oh. it was heartbreaking. It was really heartbreaking. But he went out there, he tried to throw a bit too hard. I don't know what happened, but legitimate, like we were thought it was a joke, but he was like, like broke part of his back pitching. Oh, man. And then yeah, that was I, wanted it. To, I wanted to see Yachty let it eat too. I imagine if it hadn't been raining, he would have done it. So have you ever come close to uh, pitching? Yes. Uh, last year, there was a situation where I would have come in and pitched if something happened. Um, I don't remember, but I'm dying to. Oh, I want it. But I, I'm not throwing slow. I'm I'm gonna go. I'm throwing curveballs, changeups. I'm getting outs. 
I tell all of our pitchers that I'm better than better than them at pitching. So I have to go prove it. <laughs> Why does that not surprise me? <laughs> of course you do. Uh, did you pitch at Jay Sarah? No, no. But on my on my showy uh, travel ball team with all those big leaguers on it. Yeah. I was the championship game pitcher. Me. Not them. Not Musgrove. Not Davies. Uh-uh. The kid was a championship game pitcher. Blowing doors, punching tickets. Yeah. I saw Lorenzen recently and I brought him up that I brought up to him that you're on the Rose rotation that you talked about that amazing 12U team. He was like, Yeah, we were pretty good. I was like, it sounded like you didn't lose. It's like, yeah, we really didn't very much. No, it's we like were... who else was on that team? And I had to remind him. Apparently, apparently it's a pretty big deal in the Hedges household, not as important in the, you know, Lorenzo. Well, it was, they, for the most part, it was usually chunks of them. It wasn't everybody. Michael specifically was a year older. So Michael wasn't oh. specifically on exactly that team. There's a couple different teams, a little bit of bouncing around, but at one time or another was basically all those dudes. Um, not necessarily all together. Most of them together for a little bit, but uh, a little bit of different times. Okay. I got it. Uh, you mentioned that you've had like 20 rainouts. Um, it's, it's been bad. Like last week, you played four games. Four. You normally will play six. On a very rare week, you'll play five. You played four games. How tough is that? Like, because... There's days where you get rained out, but it's not like you're sitting at home and they call you and they're like, hey, yeah, don't you know, tell your parents not to come bring you to the game because it's going to get rained out. Like you go, you prepare, you sit, you're there. And then at seven o'clock, they're like, bang, you're out. That's the worst part. That is the worst part is showing up, being checked in, going through your full mental process. And, that, and, that, and that's one of the hardest parts of the big leagues is mentally preparing for 162 games. And those days that you get rained out is one day of mental exhaustion that you didn't, you didn't need to add up onto your, onto what's going on. You know what I'm saying? So if those off days are great because you never check in. So you get that full mental recovery day, but when you go and you check in now, we're just adding to, we're going to have more than 162 days of being mentally checked in for hours on end. Because when we get to the yard, especially even the starting pitcher that day, I mean, that's a, it's abuse on them because they're, that's their one day out of five where, I mean, that whole day, that starting pitcher is, it's different because it's your one day. And I mean, even for myself, like I know if I'm playing that day, like there's a lot of mental, just, you're just really, you the whole day, you're just ready for the game. Whatever's happening, you're ready for the game. And if you're not playing, you get to shut that down. So that's, that's the one part that gets, a, that, that is a bit annoying with the rain. I mean, I'm literally watching it rain outside here in uh, Houston, but believe it or not, they have one of those things called a retractable roof. Hmm. Yes. Not familiar. Oh, I, but, it's a, but it's a brand new ballpark here. Minute Made. Have you heard of it? It's a brand new park. They just built it. Yeah. So that makes it's, sense, right? Why they have the roof. It's not older. Right? Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Will you stop? Don't do that. You know what? When we as fans, we like to be outside. In no, open you don't. When I watch 25 people show up to the game because it's hailing in 40 mile an hour winds, I know, dang, that's a lot less ticket sales in an indoor game with 25,000 people coming. Come on now. You want to go watch a game in, in, in Hurricane Lake Erie or you want to go watch the game in indoor 75 don't degree have air conditioning? I, I, I will uh, prevent you from walking down the embarrassing path. We don't have hurricanes at Lake Erie. We have tornadoes. Okay. Well, the, it feels like a damn hurricane when we when we go out and play sometimes. We got nice crowds this past weekend against Detroit. Great crowds. Love the crowds. I'm just saying the crowds could be even better if they didn't have to go grind. <laughs> My goodness. I know we're selling out of beers. That's the only way you can go enjoy it. <laughs> oh, it's so true. It's so true. Um, did, did your wife go to Europe yet? She leaves very shortly. What's tonight? She leaves in three days. It's going to be good. She's going to have a good time. First time in Europe for her. And not with her hubby. No, but with my mom, my aunt, and my cousin. So the, the, her, her in-laws, essentially, I guess, uh, 
they're gonna have a time and everybody gets along right everybody gets along they're 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 a blast it's it's gonna be a good girls trip she's got a girlfriend that lives out there um in uh in england now that just moved out there so she's gonna get some time there um which is good better than better than sitting around in cleveland waiting for not true yeah sure yep has she been to cleveland yet this year or not oh yeah many times many times good we love the land we love it yeah i know um all right cool i was gonna oh so you've noticed i've grown my beard out since we last saw now here's the question i wanted to dye it okay not like jet black but put a little bit so i clean up the santa claus look but my wife is like no i kind of dig it i think it's hot bro i think the silver fox look is real do we because it's natural and it's like you, you, you've come to that point in your life. What are you, like 66, 67? Fuck you. How old do you think I am? I'm going to guess you are 52. 51. That's a good guess. Fuck, I can't believe it. I used to be the youngest looking guy on TV. Used to be. You, well, I mean, if you shave, you, you, I mean, you've aged very well. But you also definitely, I mean, I remember Best Damn Sports Show, you were an infant on that thing. That's true. That's true. I, that's when I um, that's when I dyed my hair. I had the uh, little blonde streaks at the top. That's, that was cool, though. You were just it was Justin Timberlake was hot. He was doing yep. it. I, it was a good look. Ryan Seacrest was doing it. You it are funny you got because some Seacrest vibes, bro. There you, you go. Got some, you do. Look at that. <laughs> you're hot, dude. Look at that in the shades. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're definitely feeling yourself. So that was in, I want to say that was in Vegas at the Palms Resort. We, we took the show out there for a week. It was far and away the most drunk I have ever been in my life. And we had some great guests that week. We had uh, Mark Wahlberg. Uh, we had, I think, I forget if we had LeBron and Dwayne Wade together, if it was that stop or somewhere else. We had like the legendary actor Michael Douglas drop by. Ooh. We also had Vince Carter come by and that night I'm walking around and I see him sitting at one of the blackjack tables. So I just put my hand on him and a guy smacks it away, puts me up against the wall. It was his security dude. And Vince turns around. He's like, no, no, he's okay. I was like, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Vince is sitting at the $10 blackjack table. I was like, looking at him. I'm like, Hmm, might not be confident in his game, but, you do make like 20 million a year. I think you can afford it. He's got to stand out like a sore thumb at one of those places. I mean, what's the guy's got to be six foot seven, six foot eight. Yeah. I mean, just, but he was just sitting in a chair. So I was like, yeah, it was, it was Vince Carter playing by himself at one of the blackjack tables. That's awesome. Yeah, it was cool. It was fun. All right. Let's uh, spin the wheel of moderately interesting things and get you out of here. I did this one with you, so I'm going to do this. I don't think I did this. Did I do opening wage with you? I don't think so. Your first job? Paying job? (laughs) Well, my first job was a very, very, uh, very large paycheck out of the uh, uh, Major League Draft um, at 18 years old. That was the first paycheck you ever received? Oh, you little Jay Sarah snob! Yeah, I'm, I I didn't want you you picked you picked. I didn't. I wish I didn't have to answer it, but it's honest truth. Sorry, I can't relate to everybody that had to go to college. I, I'm sorry, they had to. I didn't have to. I can't relate. Sorry. You didn't have like one summer job. You were just playing baseball the whole time, weren't you? Doing showcases left and right. You know, I try and explain to people how tough my life was growing up. It was a tough situation. You know. Orange County, it's really a grind. Private schools had to go there. Gated communities, you know, it was just, my life was just different and it, it was difficult. So um, I, you know, I didn't happen it. to get a job, but um, I did I did get that first one, which was, a, which was a nice paycheck. Can I embarrass you? Go ahead. How much was the signing bonus? Is that 300? Mm-mm. Three million? Mm-hmm. What? 
That was the first check you ever received? Well, technically it was split into two different ones. I believe it was like two and one, but yes. You were 18 when you got it, right? I believe I had turned 19 at that point. But were you like, were you one of those, like, did they give you a solid check or did it just go in the account? Yeah, I, uh, I, I framed it just like Ricky Henderson. I haven't cashed it. <laughs> it's still on the wall. Just, it's just on the Two wall. One and a half million dollar checks on the edges. Compound. That's it. Just sitting there waiting, waiting for a rainy day. Was it a physical check? It was a physical check, two physical checks. Uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool for a second rounder. Holy shit. I did not know you got paid that much. Oh, because yeah. they, they really didn't want you to go to college, huh? They really didn't. They really didn't. I got that. I got that one agent that that loves getting guys paid a lot of money. He helps. Where um, where were you going to go to college? UCLA. Oh, no. I thought I was. It was it, it went. We went to the deadline. The deadline was August 15th. And I'm talking 10 minutes left of like whatever the deadline is. Just no clue. I'm like, I think I'm going to college. I don't know what's going to happen. We had our number. And they hit it. And I was like, all right, can't say no. What, what year was this that you got drafted? This was 2011. 11. Huh. Oh, so that, oh, that was the Garrett Cole draft. Garrett Cole draft. He was my first, and him and I lived together during that whole time. You and Cole did? Me and Cole. Uh, we, well, we worked out together then, then we both signed on the deadline, and then we both lived together in Newport Beach. Uh, first roommate. Wow, we're going to have to have some stories for next time. I got some good Garrett stories. Okay. So you have your homework for the next time, which is... Oh, yeah, talent show. The Austin Hedges <laughs> talent show. I cannot wait to see the little graphic mock-up that we're going to have. It's going to be, be good. good. I'll, I'll, I'll try and set it up in the clubhouse or something so I got some room for, uh, for these idiot rookies to embarrass themselves. Oh, this is good. So you might have to video this, huh? Or are we going to have to try and do this live? Or I think it's live. I think it's Live pure, yeah. I and I know for a fact I'll get a couple of them because they they legally can't say no to me, right? Right. So I'll works. clear I'll clear this with the Guardians organization. I'm good with those people. There we go. They're good good humans. We'll be good. Well, listen, dude. It was great catching up with you. Tell your wife to have a good safe trip to Europe, and uh, with without you, that's great. Um. And um, go go hit a show homer or two. And I'll be like, I know that guy when he's rounding the bases. I need Minute made in my book of ballparks. So Oh, it's not in the book it. yet? Not in the book yet. Well. That little short porch is calling my name. Oh, oh it's yeah. talking dirty to me. Yeah, it is. Those mm. Crawford boxes are close. Oh, they're so close. You can taste it. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen him. All right, for our outstanding producer, the one and only Robbie Scirocco, and the uber-talented Austin Hedges, who still has checks stapled to his wall in his Southern California home, I am Chris Rose. We will see you next time on the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media.